Hello, advanced English learners. Welcome back to this lesson. Today, we're going to talk about how to write a nice work email. So in professional settings, when you are sending emails for work and for business events, you want to know how to write an email and what that should look like. So we're going to talk about that in this lesson. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so the first thing you want to think about is to keep your email short. That shows that you are respectful of the email recipient's time, the person who is receiving the email from you, and you're not going to be seeing lots and lots of text. You don't want to see blocks of text or paragraphs and paragraphs. If somebody sees that, they're probably not going to read it. And they're probably going to be a little bit annoyed that you sent something that long. If you're going to send something that long, you're much better off meeting with them in person to go over whatever you have to say, hopping on a quick phone call to clarify something, or maybe not that quick, but if you have a lot to say, but meeting with them virtually or in person if you have a lot to say. An email is not where you put all of that information. An email is going to touch base. It's going to follow up. It's going to be a call to action. It's going to be a reminder. It's not going to be where we write a whole saga. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. So not only the email itself should be short, but also the sentences. Don't write extremely long sentences. When a sentence is too long, it's a run-on sentence. And that's grammatically incorrect. You don't want to see a whole paragraph as one sentence. So that is something to think about as well. As you're writing the email and you're composing your sentences, what can you say in as few words as possible? Can you get rid of redundancies? Can you get rid of overused words? Can you get rid of modifiers that are not really doing much for you? Can you make it as succinct as possible, meaning as short and concise and to the point as possible? So the fewer sentences you have, the better, and also the fewer words in those sentences, the better. We actually didn't talk about the subject line, so I want to talk about that before we move on to the next point. That's important. You want to, before the person opens the email, they want to know what the email is about. So you want to make it clear to them what is the purpose of this email, right? What are they going to expect to read in this email? So it could be just two or three words. 
oftentimes more than one for a business type of email. It could be three, like catching up with you. That's four. Touching base, follow up, dinner meeting, lunch meeting, Zoom call. Or you can give more specifics like 6-12 meeting, for example. But you want to have a subject line there and you want to make it so that the person knows what they're getting into. What is this email? Before they open it, they sort of have a general idea, okay? So that's the subject line. All right, moving back to the actual email. Make sure that you are providing enough context. What is the context? Is it a meeting for shareholders? Is it a meeting for potential clients? Is it a meeting discussing the possible candidates? What kind of meeting is it, right? So if you just say the meeting next Thursday, there are so many different meetings and the person probably has their schedule full of different types of meetings. You need to give them lots of context. The type of meeting, the date, the time, the venue, right? Whatever context you can provide, provide it. And again, you don't have to put fluff in there. You don't have to say, it's the restaurant we've been meeting to try or make sure that you, you know, have the whole list of candidates ready. That kind of thing can be done over the phone. In an email, you want to be just really getting to the heart of the conversation, the meat of the message, if that makes sense. So give them enough context. Don't have them, you know, scratch their heads and, and say, well, I don't really understand what this email is about. I don't have enough context for it. Or they talked about the event, but they didn't really give me much to think about in terms of the logistics or where it is, or maybe the time is missing, maybe the date's missing. So some things to think about when considering the context, you can think of the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why. Okay, so the five W's. And then if you want to go out on an extra limb, sometimes it's possible, there's the how component. Okay, so that's the who, what, where, when, why, And then sometimes there's the how. Like, how are we getting to the venue? Oh, we have a shuttle bus picking us up at 5 sharp, 5 p.m. sharp, 5 p.m. on the dot. So don't be late because there's one shuttle bus. All right, so that's context. That's giving them the understanding of what's happening, right? So the way you can do this is you can think of it from their perspective because you might have all the details and to you it just might be, you know, very obvious But to the email recipient, to the person who is reading this email and receiving this email, it might not be clear. So if you've covered all your bases with the who, what, where, when, why, and how, we'll be right back after this short break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Then you've probably hit all the, the important points. If not, then you might want to consider revising your email. I strongly suggest that you do for clarity purposes. And think about it from their shoes. What kinds of questions are they going to have? For example, they might have a question about dress code, right? It's a business event, but it's taking place at the Plaza Hotel, which is a very, well, it's not so much a hotel anymore. I think part of it's residential. In New York City, there's a landmark building. It is a beautiful hotel, and there are a lot of events that get hosted there. Weddings, corporate events, things like that. And so if you are at work, but you need to go to this event, chances are you're not going to show up in your work attire. It's going to be a little bit fancier. It might even be black tie. So if you know that information, but you don't share that information, that's a problem, right? Because the person's then going to show up to that event underdressed or inappropriately dressed, right? If it's black tie and they're wearing a suit and blazer, but it's work suit and blazer, it's not fancy suit and blazer, then it's an inappropriate dress code, right? Then they're going to have to go home and change and a big ordeal. So you want to make sure that everything is crystal clear and you want to make sure that you understand their viewpoint, right? So put yourself in their shoes. If you are the person receiving this email and you didn't know all the information you know about the event, then what information do you need so that you can have success and show up in the right way to this event? Okay, so that's very, very important. Another thing you can do is add the call to action. If there is something that you want this person to do, then you need to make that abundantly clear. And that's what we call the call to action, meaning what action are they going to take? What action do you need them to take to have a successful outcome? So that needs to be very clear somewhere in the email. You wouldn't necessarily write call to action, boldface type, colon, and then whatever the call to action is. It could be simply, could we meet for coffee 5 p.m. today? We need to discuss the blueprints, right? That could be a call to action. Or did you have a chance to talk to Matthew in the IT department to follow up? So it's, it's not necessarily explicitly stated. That would be a little bit rude, but it's, it's enough of an obvious request that they know what to do right? And you don't want to have too many call to actions in one email because then it's overwhelming and then they might be confused like, oh, what do I do? Do I do this or do I do that? Do I talk to Matt in IT or do I check the blueprints at 5 p.m. with you over coffee? So you want to make it very clear. The call to action can even sort of be alluded to in the subject line. So that might be a way to sort of get them thinking about what they need to do. But again, don't try to put too many call to actions in one email. That's going to be confusing for the email recipient. And also, it's not a good protocol. It's it's not good email etiquette. All right. And lastly, if there are next steps that need to be taken, put those in there as well. For example, let's follow up on this next week. Let's talk to Matt together tomorrow to make sure everything's clear for the IT department. Whatever it is, what are the next steps that you need to take with them or they need to take 
in order to have a positive, successful outcome. So think about what those are and make sure you verbalize them. Get that in writing. And again, because these emails are short, you don't want to cram too much in. If there's a lot to talk about, then you want to get them on the phone, get them over a video call, or better yet, get them in person. So you might send out an email, say, hi, Jane, I'm going to stop by your office 4 p.m. today. There are a few things I'd like to discuss with you. And then send a follow-up email with the call to action, with next steps, any context they need to be aware of. So that's how we leverage email. Email is a very powerful tool if we use it correctly. And the steps that I shared with you today are the ways to use email as a tool correctly, which is going to empower your communication. It's going to give you the outcomes that you want to see at work and in your professional life because what better place to use emails than at work, right? All right, advanced English learners, thank you so much for joining me for this lesson. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, give it a big thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube. And if you're listening to our podcast, then I encourage you to share it with as many people as you can so that we can keep providing you high quality lessons such as this one. And be sure to tune into our conversations. We do those as well. Gives you a great opportunity for your listening comprehension practice, which is very important on your way to fluency. And also leave us a nice review. You can leave up to five stars. It really makes a difference. We appreciate every single one of your reviews. And feel free to also check out our blog. It's advancedenglish.co forward slash blog. And while you're there, you can sign up for our free newsletter. You'll also get a nice freebie along with it as you sign up. So you don't want to miss that. And then any other free freebies and PDFs and tests and quizzes and lessons and web courses will come your way as long as you are signed up for our newsletter, which again, you can find at advancedenglish.co forward slash blog. And if you are here and you want to improve your communication skills, your social skills, your public speaking skills, your interview skills in English, then I have just the thing for you. We have an amazing YouTube channel and website and podcast called Exploring with Mary Daphne. I will link it below so you can check that out. And you can also just find it on the web. Just go to explearning.co forward slash blog or just Explearning. So it's E-X-P-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G dot co. All right. So lots of great information there. Hundreds of lessons for you to enjoy. And I'm going to see you in another advanced English lesson. So we're going to continue advancing your English together. Until then, keep up the awesome work, and I will see you very, very soon. Music.